Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I, X-Y-Z, A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the man currently crushing another can of St. Archer, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? As he takes a swig right in the middle I know. of the shot. And we had a false start because my internet went out, but I was just kind of praising this beer because I've never had it because it looks like Steel Reserve, but... It's good. Delicious. I'm surprised I, we never had I, this conversation before. It's 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 a very solid beer. I myself am crushing <laughs> a uh, a double IPA from a uh, courtesy of Sierra Nevada. Um, still oh. still deciding on how I feel about it, but we'll we'll uh, I'll update I, I'll update throughout the show. I used to like hammer double IPAs, but now it's like I can't do it anymore. Those things give me like really bad migraines, so it's, I, it's I'm out on them. It's a tough. It, it was just an appealing can. I went the uh, I went the uh, the method of hey, which can looks good in the fridge, and uh, might have made a mistake. Might be delicious by the end. Who knows? Um, we are of course brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at BetOnline.ag. Don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And as always, if you're feeling spicy and you've got a lot of time on your hands, just leave a review. One star or five I mean, stars. Everybody has, everybody has time on their hands right now. So leave those reviews. Make sure you follow us on social. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram at 2 Pod. You can follow us on YouTube at 2 Jabronis with a wrestling podcast. You can follow us in the BR app at two Jabronis pod. You can follow Ben at cruise control. That's control with a K and you can follow me at Jeremy a loss. Make sure you follow us on social. We need those social social followers to go up because we're still waiting on Ben to release the hostage. I, I'm, I think I'm going to do it this week. I, I was waiting. Okay. There was a time where I was going to do it and then like coronavirus happened and I was like, I don't know if this is the appropriate forum or just to, like to lighten things up. So I think we've, uh, I, we've, this is the new norm. So I think I, I, well, I'll release it concurrent with this episode um uh, I've, I've honestly kind of been dreading it i think your brother has been a little upset because he was literally the 100th follower on the br app and that was like when we were supposed to do it and he's he's sent me a couple messages of like dude what the hell post the picture and, and his messages are are, are not soft spoken they are very vulgar and I, to the point so. i toned it down for for the podcast <laughs> um but no yeah. you, you, your brother's your brother's freaking awesome all right, we, we've got a lot to talk about. A lot of good stuff, uh, thank God. Um, so let's, with all that, let's head into the main event. And for this week's main event, we're talking basically NXT TakeOver Light is what we had tonight. Um, a really, really good card. A, maybe a few too many squash matches for my liking, but collectively it was a really solid night 
overall. And we'll talk about NXT and, and Dynamite, or sorry, NXT, AEW and Dynamite on the other side as well. But we did want to focus on NXT, which, by the way, when I saw this, that you wanted to talk about this first, that dude who left us that one star review who said we only talk about WWE got in my head. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm I pretended to flip off the camera on on the video pod, but we're we're, we're going to talk about NXT. A lot happened. A lot of title matches. Two both main NXT title titles were on the line tonight. The women's title was on the line, and uh, and Adam Cole's NXT title on the line. With I mean, let's let's talk about it. I. I guess we'll start backwards and start with uh, Cole and Dream because that's that's fresh on my mind. I I was excited for the match, still enjoyed it overall. I'm I was I'm kind of getting a little tired of the undisputed era shenanigans and like because I'm expecting it, right? You're like at some point right. these these dudes are gonna roll out and interfere with the match. I I just kind of wanted it to be. Dream and Cole give give them their spotlight. Yeah, and that's that's why it fell flat for me. Um, I'm with you. I fully anticipated the shenanigans from Undisputed Era. I like the the wrinkle that they added with Dexter Loomis coming out from underneath the ring. I thought that was a cool little wrinkle. Yeah, that but was nice. It, mm-hmm. it backfired. Yep. Um, I wanted to see more. The moment I saw, I, I mean, I looked at my 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 watch when the match started, and it was six fifty. I was like this match is going to end in some stupid shenanigans. Yep. I already knew it. Like they weren't giving it enough time. Um, in the time that they had, they did some really cool stuff. Uh, the spine buster that dream hit Cole with at the beginning of the match was like just Arn Anderson. Perfect. It was awesome. Chef's kiss. Um, spine buster. Yeah. Was yeah. Nice. It was so good. Um, there were some really good spots. They have really good chemistry in the ring. And I think they could do something if they were given takeover, time if they were given the 20 to 25 minutes to put on a really good match i think it'd be great and then and then if a uh, ue got involved i'd be a little bit more welcoming of the shenanigans but since it was a 10 minute match um i wanted to see them just go at it and and i'm hoping this isn't the end i'm hoping that when things kind of get back to normal maybe we have the takeover match because another thing we missed out on is a dream entrance like dream yeah, at like a takeover a doing his entrance would have been phenomenal. It would have put him over the top. Uh, that's so much of his character that we're missing out on. So it fell flat. I think that the Charlotte EO match fell flat for me as well for the same reason. It wasn't given enough time. And then we had the shenanigans that literally came out of nowhere. I thought we were going to get a full-fledged match. And then Charlotte did the the heel thing to do, which was to hit EO with the kendo stick. But um, I wanted more from both of them. I thought since... It was basically takeover light in terms of the card. They could have literally just had those two matches bookend the show, putting Karrion Cross in the middle and Gardy Gargano and Dominic Dijakovic somewhere in the middle, and that's it. But they they threw in squash matches. They threw in the cruiserweight matches and really cut the legs out from those ta- those title matches, which we were all really really looking forward to. Yeah, it was it was unfor- that's a that's a great point you bring up. It was just. For once, the card just felt like there were too many matches. <laughs> like that's so weird to yep. say in this era of like no fans, and you know you kind of you want more matches. In this instance, it you know less would have been more, and that's only because they've advertised like Charlotte Eo. That's amazing. That's an incredible match. That's a great match. Cole Velveteen, like that's incredible. It, it's when it started with Johnny 
and Dominic, like that was a great match. I thought it was it was a really good table it wasn't setter. Bad at all. It was a really good table setter for the rest of the evening. And I was like, oh, this is what we're gonna get. I'm I'm really excited. And it kind of just went. It was a little disappointing. I don't want to say downhill, but it was definitely. It didn't meet expectations, and it's only because the bar was set pretty high. When on paper, you have these incredible matches, right? They just, just flat out incredible. So, um, yeah, just, just a little. I don't think it's unfair to say that it went downhill. I don't think it's unfair to say at all that it went downhill from Johnny versus Dominic. It really did. Outside of Karrion Cross, who we'll talk about in a minute, like that show really underdelivered. And then you look at AEW, which kind of went the different route. Like they were putting on some bizarre matches, kind of like leaning into the absurdity of the situation. And they were doing great things. Yep. I mean, we'll talk about that more later, but like they were doing some really interesting, fun things. Um, and NXT just fell flat and they had the time. This is their moment to really win the ratings war. And I have a feeling coming out of this, they're going to be losing and they're going to lose pretty substantially because those those matches were less Man. than ideal yeah no i mean wwe has been getting crushed in the ratings as of late i, I saw uh, i mean you know want to talk about ratings raw's ratings this past monday were abysmal i mean it was like i think They're it was taking like, a beating everywhere against like, no they one haven't had <laughs> against no one i mean they haven't they've had a terrible few months this thing has really really hurt them um as it's hurt a lot of people, but they haven't handled it well either. Like the stories that they're telling aren't really compelling. The fact that they had the mass layoffs, like everything is kind of going against the WWE and they're not doing themselves any favors because they're really not like owning up to the challenge and stepping up. Like they just, they dropped the ball. They dropped the bag today. I mean, like, yeah, period. flat out. It was, it was definitely disappointing. One thing that did not disappoint though was Killian Cross's debut. I, I, I remember Right after the entrance, I texted you and said that was incredible. Like it was perfect. It, it was everything that you would want for that introduction to to the NXT audience. For those of you, for those who don't know, obviously we'll we'll still call him Killer Cross because the name is still a little funky to me <laughs> to just say yeah. it in whatever WWE is is uh, has has framed it as. And then Scarlett's um, inclusion there in his entrance, it, it was just it was a it was theatrical, right? Which is what we love about yep. WWE. And it, it was just a fantastic interest. Obviously it became a squash match. It's just to show us that this dude is crazy, but it was a um, fucking monster. Unreal. I, I think he's going to be a freaking monster on this show. And like eventually, right? Like Cole is going to head to raw or SmackDown. And so is UE like Killian cross can be the NXT champion. Right, like he can be in the main title picture for this show, and it's and and he can carry it. It's gonna be crazy. I think, I think the way that they built him up and the way that they were, they were leading up to his debut. Unlike any other wrestler, like they used to do the thing where they would showcase a wrestler at Takeover, their new signee, they have him in the front row and they yeah. show him that shot. Yeah, they do. Obviously, they're putting they're in a different predicament now, but like they were able to to build up to him with the vignettes. And having him show up outside of Gargano versus Champa, uh, they built him up in a way to make him seem important. And this entrance just added to that. You don't get this kind of entrance for any normal debut. Like they made him seem like a million bucks. It's exactly what they needed to do. They put him in a squash match where he nearly took this guy's head off his shoulders with oh those. Oh my God. Killer. Like, somewhat German suplex and then the sleeper hold. 
I think the the inclusion of Scarlett is she's awesome in the ring. I hope she gets time in the ring because I think she's a really good wrestler. Yeah. But her as a manager, kind of uh, just on his side, just adds so much to it. Um, I actually had a friend of mine who doesn't watch wrestling very often. He texts me. He goes, "Who the fuck is Scarlett? <laughs> she is Fuego." And I was like, "I'm telling you." Um, it was a good time to tune in. It was a great time yeah. to tune in. Um, but they just, they did everything right in terms of making him look like a monster, making him look like the big signee that he was and making him look special. Um, obviously his next match, his next feud, the, what he's going to lead into is Champa, But I think that's going to be the springboard for him to win the NXT title. I think he's the guy that sends Cole packing to Raw or SmackDown. And dude, sign me up for that. You know, like he's the lead up was in a way like I know we've kind of talked about this crowdless thing. Having no crowd, I think in a way has kind of helped his character. He he just seems like a character who kind of operates in the dark. It operates right. out of the light and out of sight. So in in that fashion, it, it just seems like the current circumstances almost like fit that a little bit more. Not that, not to say that if there was a crowd that it wouldn't, you know, that moment for his debut wouldn't be special, but you know, a lot of WWE, a lot of AEW, a lot of wrestling in general has just been hurt by the lack of an audience. I don't think his debut was one of those things, which is it's it like, there's only a couple things that we can pinpoint that that's actually true. Like Boneyard match. Yeah. Firefly. I think his, I think his debut is drastically different if there's a crowd or if there's right. a, if, if right, right. COVID is not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for one thing, I think he debuts at TakeOver at WrestleMania weekend. Yes. I think he shows up after the Gargano match. Yep. And then I think he has his debut two weeks later on a regular NXT show. I do think that like this style of buildup worked without a crowd. Um, and I, I love the entrance music. Can we also talk about Johnny Gargano's new entrance music? Because that is fucking terrible. <laughs> it's it's interesting. Um, but if that's like the worst part of it, I I I well, which kind of leads us to our next conversation point here. Like, where where are we on 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 Johnny as a heel? Um, Thumbs I'm, down. I'm out. Wow. I'm out right now. Wow. I think he has. I think he has the capability of, and I think I put this up on Twitter. I think he has the capability to be an all-time chicken shit heel. Yeah. Just right now, my heart is not ready for Johnny Gargano the heel. My heart is still into Rebel Heart, and I want to see him as a babyface, always going against the challenge. You know what I mean? And I'm not fully buying him and Candice as heels, um, just because I haven't seen them very much as heels. They might have done heel work in the indies, but for me, they really jumped. I, I knew Candice on the indies, but I didn't know Johnny all that much. Yeah, and they jumped on the screen during NXT, and they've been baby faces. But like, I'm not buying it yet. Maybe in a few weeks, I'll be into the idea. Um, he has good chicken shit heel tendencies, but I'm just not into it right now. I, you know, I, I'm actually kind of with you um, because even with him and Champa's feud, like when the when the roles were reversed, right? Like it was Champa who had turned on him. And when when they were feuding and Champa was the heel, you just fully bought into it. You're like Champa's a hundred percent from the jump, right? You were like, 
this guy's an asshole and I hate him. Right. And, and he got the biggest, he got the most heat ever. Right. And that's, that also is a credit to Johnny's babyface work, right? Cause he made mm-hmm. you feel bad for him. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. crazy because in this day and age where we're all so jaded by wrestling and babyfaces in general, for us to feel for Johnny um, and to, for him to, uh, you know, ultimately have that babyface moment of winning the NXT title, like we were there, f- you know, to celebrate with him and, and, he just played that role so well. It's it's almost like, um, it's, I, I want to compare this to how we feel about Seth, right? About Seth Rollins in that like, we can fully buy him as a heel, right? You can fully buy him as a heel. When he goes the other way too much, it becomes like, uh, I don't know. And it I becomes think that's a little corny. It becomes forced, right? And and I think that's what we're learning with Johnny is just. Can he evolve? I mean, maybe like everyone. Like we we talk a lot on the show about how being heel is it's technically easier, right? Because yeah, you can you 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 can get a crowd to hate you real quick. Just talk shit about the city, talk shit about the fans, and I I do like the angle that he is going with, which which is like going against NXT as a whole because NXT is a very very passionate fan base, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 almost like the um. It's all the smart marks, right? Who like put NXT on this pedestal, and for him to go against that establishment, like I kind of dig that vibe. But the execution so far has just been so-so, and and maybe we just we just got to give him time to evolve. Like this is expecting like some sort of like an NBA rookie to put up twenty points a game when he's got to adapt to his surroundings. Right, and I think this might also be a case where. It, it, he's being hurt by there's there's no crowd. We're not getting the heat of a light, live audience. Right. Like, right, right. like I wonder what the heat would be if he walked out as a heel. Like obviously with Champa, when he first came out, he had no music. He literally walked out to the ring bathed in booze. Right. Like that was nuclear heat. Right. I don't know what Johnny's gonna get. And I think that's that's something that's kind of like teetering my opinion is because I don't know. Like as much as you want to say, like you have your own opinion about things, like the crowd reaction always skews where you're thinking. And if he's getting heat, then that shows it's working. And I might like my opinion might change. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, no. So I mean, again, this comes back to the whole larger conversation of the importance of the fans. And unfortunately, we're not going to have that for a very, very long time. So we'll never fully know. Um, because like, there's going to be like assholes like you and me who are going to give our opinions on Johnny right throughout the internet. But those live crowds at full sale, it's it, that has a tendency to swing opinion, like w- whether yeah. we like to admit and it or then, not. And Sorry, then you ahead. can see how he is really as a heel, because I think it's with Seth and with Champa, like they relish the the booze and they they knew how to like take a little bit of booze and then like ramp that up. So you absolutely hated them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a special skill when it comes to heels. Um and sometimes you get a heel out there and they just like they're getting booze, but like they just don't know how to take it to that next level. And that's something that I, w- I would want to see. Um, right. Yeah, there's there's like I said, there's tendencies there that like really make me think that like he could be a really good chicken shit heel. But yet I'm still like I'm I'm not quite there yet. Speaking of somebody who I am fully in on and we've talked about this ad nauseum when it comes to Finn's the latest run in NXT is is just how great Finn Balor has been. I think I th- I threw this out to you on, in our text message while we were watching the show was this might be his best work that he's done in the company as a whole. Like, yeah, this is excellent. And it's crazy because we haven't seen a whole lot, to be honest. Right. Like, right. 
his feud with Walter unfortunately got cut off because of, of the pandemic. And like that would have been like I, I'm assuming at some point they'll revisit that once kind of things even out here and the dust settles. But this is the Finn that aside, like it, it's always hard to say, is this his best run? Like, is this his best run as of late? A thousand percent. Like when he won the universal title, I was I was all in. I was like the first time before, you know, when he like dislocated his shoulder or had to have shoulder right. surgery or whatever, like fresh white meat baby face, fresh on the raw. Like they were pushing this dude to the goddamn moon immediately. And I was a thousand percent on board. And th- again, that whole that that buckle bomb on the outside, like changed history because who knows what Finn's career would have been like if he had remained champion for a while. He like had to give it up right away. So is this his best run as of late? Absolutely. Right. Like he was being misused severely on Raw, on SmackDown. Obviously, he had a nice little IC title um, run there, which, you know, he, he deserved to be champion. And but his character right now just feels more authentic. Right. Like he's yeah. just he cuts short, concise promos and he's out. See, that's why I think this is his best work. This is the stuff that feels the most natural to me. This is he's never going to be what he was in New Japan. He's never going to be. Prince Devitt, the leader of the Bullet Club, he's never going to be that brash because it's just not what WWE allows him to do. But this is like that version, a little bit toned down. And to me, it just feels natural, feels more aggressive to the point, like you said before. But like, I think what what really kind of drew me away from his run early with on Raw and in his first run in NXT was the fact that he was he had that demon character that they used yeah. pretty much as a crutch. You yep, know what I mean? Like, absolutely. And I like the fact that he's not the demon. He's coming out as Finn Balor, a badass who's going to beat you in the ring. And he has just direct, like straight to the point promos that don't need to ramble on. Cause I feel like when he was a baby face on raw, like they just tried to have him do too much. And right now they're learning like less is more with him. He comes out, he says like, like I'm the best if you're going to fight me, you're going to have to come. Like, if you want to get to the top, you're going to have to fight me. And then he comes out and challenges, uh, was it Chad Grimes? Or oh, Cameron Grimes. Tonight. Cameron Grimes, yeah. yeah. Chad Grimes. Like, Chad Grimes like is my plumber. After, like, he started talking <laughs> shit, like, that's the stuff that really resonates with me. And that's the stuff that, like, reminds me of his run in New Japan. And that's the stuff that I loved him beforehand. So I, I think this is the best that he's been. Um, I want to see him continue to evolve and do more of this and, and see where this goes with NXT. This is never, this would never fly on the main roster. In my opinion, this is something that's not like on Vince's radar. Right. I think like, Vince is always like, he, Vince is always going to lean on those like character, uh, those like cartoon characters. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. that's the why he was so yep. into the demon. Yep. So I, I think this is Finn's best work. Um, I want to see who attacked him. That's that's what I was wondering too. Is I was I was about to flat out ask you, who do you think that is? I mean, it's 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 they've really left it up to anyone, you know. I have I, no idea. I, like could, that's the thing is, I literally don't have it because there's so many possibilities that yeah. I want it to be. Do you think it's Champa? No, I think I think Champa's fully in line for for the, for the cross killer cross. cross like right. I think that's who it's going to be. What if it's Mustafa? Well, isn't he the hacker? That's like anyway the the rumor online is he's the hacker. That's on like SmackDown and shit. 
who revealed like the the Sonya Deville, Dolph Ziggler plot. Yeah, I don't want him to be the hacker, but it, I mean it makes sense because it's like his logo. Yeah, I I just don't know like. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, tough to say. I, I, I'm not expecting you to have an answer. It was just like I think it's something we got to start thinking about. I honestly had forgotten a little bit that that happened because it was two weeks ago. Um, right. So I am inter- interested to see who they put him with. Uh, in, Damian Priest, maybe um, because they got to figure out something for him, and they've clearly. What if it's Roddy? Roddy would be interesting. I mean, anyone from UE would be interesting. So I mean, I, I just think at some point, like Finn has to be in the title picture. Right, like he, yeah, he's just and I, that's too why big I loved his, his the Walter situation because it allowed for them to continue the the dream Cole story while also putting Finn in a great match. Him and Walter would have been phenomenal. Uh, well, hold on, let's scale this back a little bit. Could it be Walter? The rest of Imperium's here. I mean, there's no, I don't, there's no, I I I don't follow Walter on social media like that, so I don't know of his exact whereabouts <laughs> right now, but. Maybe, maybe this is their way of bringing it back. I, I don't know. This is all speculation. Ideally, it is Walter because that would be sick. I, yeah, ideally, it's Walter, but I don't know. Like that, That's I almost too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> yeah, too and easy. I think he's in Europe. Right, but the rest of Imperium's here. They're fighting for the uh, NXT tag titles next week. So, But I think, I think some of them were Florida-based. But also, Rhea but, Ripley's back. She was in. She's been in the United States for a while, though. But wasn't she in Australia? Wasn't that part of the deal? Like she was kind of stuck over there, and obviously, like I people. Think, are... I think that got debunked. I think she was always in the states. Oh, she was always here, and I think she just, and I think she just took the time off because she was on, she was on a hell of a run. Right, like no, she, she did. Like glad she's back. Serious by the heavy way. lifting. Glad she's back. She looks great. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that, like, really quick, because I know we got to get to to a break. But like, do you want to see? How do you want to see the women's title kind of move forward? I'm initially thinking it's a triple threat where it's EO, Rhea, and Charlotte. Or do you think it's Rhea versus EO, the winner gets Charlotte? Uh, I would like to see... I would like to see Rhea and EO fight it out to get to Charlotte. Because I think whoever dethrones Charlotte should do it one-on-one. Because if you do that for the NXT title against Charlotte, who is like the best women's wrestler in history, that's a lot of cachet that, that can roll with you for the rest of your career. So in a triple threat, there's always there can always be some sort of shenanigans, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. someone hits their finisher on Charlotte, someone throws that person out the ring and pins Charlotte. So it's it's never like fully there to get all of that that rub. So I think a one-on-one match, whether it's Io or Rhea, to beat Charlotte, I think it has to be in a one-on-one situation. See, I'm leaning towards the triple threat. For one, you get all three of them in the ring, and they all have a story to tell. That'd be a great match. Also, That'd be a great match. There's the the possibility that you save Charlotte. You have you can take save the belt face. off of her without yeah. her without her having to take a pin. But th- does she need that? You know what I'm saying? Like she eats a pin from Rhea or Io. Is but anyone you, is anyone out there saying I doubt Charlotte Flair's greatness? Like you're an idiot if you are. But like we've had this, we've talked about this. We talked about this before WrestleMania. It's not so much that we all don't think it's going to bother her. It's does she think it's going to be fair. an issue? Yeah, 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 that's fair. Like, does she want to take a pin and lose the NXT title, or does she want to lose it in some like different way where she doesn't look like she is a lower tier? Obviously, the NXT Women's Division is the best women's division in the world. But 
to the commoner, it may seem like she lost to a minor leaguer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it could be like in her mind, she doesn't want to take a pin. That's why I was like always kind of expecting her to win at, at WrestleMania because I didn't expect her to 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 job out a, a mania to an NXT talent. So I think yeah. that's a way for you to that's get. It's a the- good. It's a good point. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do for sure. I'm excited to see it. Um, I just think long term, Charlotte won't be on NXT. You know, kind of moving forward, and like I think she's, I think she drops the belt by the end of the month. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. Like, put her back. Like the SmackDown women's title just kind of needs a refresher. I mean, obviously Bailey and um and, and Sasha, that's gonna be a thing eventually. But, but like, like we're having Bailey versus Tamina at Money in the Bank. That's a sign that we it needs help. Like as 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 you know, quote unquote sick of the internet is of Charlotte kind of being the women's title holder. Like there's a there's a freaking reason, right? Like she's an she's awesome. So it might be time to inject her back into that picture. But by at the same time giving the rub to someone that on NXT and it's it's clearly gonna be EO or Rhea. And like again, it's not gonna hurt her. But anyway, we'll 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 see how it all plays out. I'm sure it'll get clearer here in the in the next couple of days. Oh before we move on to the the next phase of the show, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about our friends over at Bet Online and Bluetooth. First up Bet online with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? I thousand percent am. Also XFL. Yes. R.I.P. Pull one out. Uh, no problem. <laughs> bet online has live daily madden nfl 20 simulations you can bet on you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol stock prices and even the nathan's hot dog eating contest all open 24 hours a day and all online use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus bet online your online wagering solution guys looking to last a little longer or go a few extra rounds get to bluechew.com BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. They get that gimmick rock hard in a matter of minutes. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. We all know that's super awkward. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. You don't have to worry about your nosy neighbor looking at your package and noticing that you have a dick pill there. <laughs> so, discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Get that gimmick rock hard and satisfy your lady. You, you kind of spoke from pain there about your neighbors being nosy about your packages. We all know that struggle <laughs> where like you just have a package sitting out there and your neighbors is like, like giving it a they look. have something to say. Yeah. And you just like mind your fucking business. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that with blue. Not with blue Discreet, pack- discreet packaging. Yeah. It's just a box. So it's not going to say Cialis on the side yeah. of the box where like everybody knows that you're having problems getting your shit rock hard. So yeah. speaking of rock hard, moving uh, on. <laughs> 
everyone is rock hard about the last dance. Um, Seriously, okay. Before, so we we talked about this beforehand. We all know that there are really good wrestling documentaries out there, like tons. You have great ones. You have Beyond the Mat, which is on Netflix. Go watch it. You have Dark Side of the Ring, which is on Vice. Watch it. It's great stuff. Like there's been countless wrestling documentaries that are really well done, but we are all watching The Last Dance. This is must-see television. It's a 10-part documentary series on ESPN about the, the, the 90s Bulls. So I asked this question to you in text, so let's talk about it now. If you could get a 10-part documentary on wrestling made for ESPN, wherever, what would it be on? So the, my answer is in two parts, only because the my first part of my answer that that doc has already been made, which is the Monday night wars. Like, I think that's the most, okay. that's one of the most compelling that's already out there on WWE network. I've, I've watched it a couple of times now. It's, it's actually really, really good. The, the other one that I would want to see that I think is really compelling. If you could get the footage, like obviously this is all contingent on you had the footage leading up to it, the aftermath, etc. kind of like, like it's unreal that, None of this footage from the 98 Bulls, 97, 98 Bulls was never released until now. I can't believe this just been sitting. It's wild that it hasn't been leaked. In the ESPN archives, right. Like, none of that's been leaked? All right, that's crazy. So, assuming you could get similar type of footage where you can kind of see see some shit, I would love to see a 10-part documentary on the Montreal Screwjob. I just think there's there's just so many moving parts there. Where it's like... Yeah, it's like you have... Have you watched the Bret Hart? yeah. Like I've documentary? seen, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Well, like they go into a little bit, and like I think that'd be great because there are there are a lot of moving parts where you can tell Brett's side of the story, you can tell Sean's side of the story, you can tell Triple H's side of the Vince? story, Vince's side of the story. There's a lot, and I mean, maybe it's not ten parts because it's all kind of leading up to one match versus the last dance is like you spread out over eighty two games plus playoffs. But you can do like you could do it similar to what they're doing with the last dance, where you can start with the screw job and go like five backwards. Years yeah, you can go, but yeah, they do a lot of jumping after, back and forth. Yes. Yeah. So, the, uh, obviously, this is this is one of the moments in wrestling that I'll just never forget watching it. Right. Because as a kid, you're like, uh, this is when I used to have like my mom's coworker was a wrestling fan, and I asked her to ask him to like tape these pay per views for me. But th- that was the only like my mom wasn't going to spend like sixty bucks for me to watch wrestling, which she never want, wanted me to watch anyway. So like, mm. I remember watching it and thinking it was a mistake as a child. And there were people, grown ass adults in that audience, who thought it was a mistake. Brett thought it was a mistake. Whether you believe Sean and Triple H knew, like it's it's just crazy. There's again, age like Brett was on his way out. He was leaving for WCW, and everyone right. knew it. And it was so he was supposed to leave as champion. And that that's even crazier to me that that he thought Vince would let him do that to yeah. to leave to the direct competitor like there's just there's a lot there that i would just love to unpack and just see and i mean obviously you know sean and brett have have buried the hatchet but like if if i'm brett i don't know if i could ever let that go like that that was that was humiliating front that he has i don't think he has and i don't blame him like that that shit's humiliating like you get this kind of verbal agreement that you're going to leave as champion. Um, and then the match was supposed to end in a schmas where like they were going to give it up the next day on raw. Right. And that's in, which would have been fine, but to be humiliated like that in your home country too, 
it was it's not like this was in friggin' like Seattle, right? Like or or in, in San Antonio in, in Sean's hometown. So this was in this was in Canada. This was in Montreal. And for us to still be talking about it and for us to still remember that as wrestling fans, like everyone knows what we're talking about. Like that's, that's and we were kids when that we happened. Were kids. Too. That's the crazy thing. It's like we were kids, yeah. And that was like I I was never really into the dirt sheets back then. I kind of just took everything at face value, right? That's like that's like what being what was that ninety seven, right? It's like being ninety eight, ninety seven, ninety six. It was what like ninety six? No wait, ninety seven. It 90, was there was nine. Yeah, the point is like we were what like ten years old at that point. So yeah, it's like you, 11, at, at yeah. that age, you're like, well, something happened, but Sean's a champion, so it kind of is what it is. And for it. For him to lose on his own move, he was in a sharpshooter. Yeah. He was in the sharpshooter. It also gave birth to the greatest heel in the attitude area. It gave birth to Mr. McMahon. Like right. that, that was another thing. Like, so I, I love this idea. See, I would go the opposite way. First, I want to preface this by saying, like, any documentary that I that would I would want to be made, like want to be made, WWE would not be involved. Like sure. in terms of production, they would have interviews like because they would have a heavy hand in terms of production. Right. Like they would yeah, skew yeah. everything. I would lean towards more like just character people. So I would look at I would want to do a 10 part documentary on Scott Hall. Oh, man, that would be incredible. That's a great call. His run his, his, leading up to WWF when he was Razor, being part of the click, him joining WCW, being part of the NWO, his substance abuse problems him coming back to the WWE his life after wrestling him kind of getting back on the horse and, and getting his life back together. I think that would be really cool. Want to see Sean Michaels, Sean Michaels, because you could tell the Montreal screw job. You can tell about his time in DX, his time when he, he left was flat out. Left. Yeah. When he left, when he lost his smile, lost his all smile. that kind of stuff. I think that'd be really interesting. And I want to see the rock. I mean, the rock would be a more of an uplifting story because he came Man. through so much. Yeah. But- the, the rock would be well, obviously, Look at the name of this podcast. Like, we, 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 we like a couple of episodes would just be us playing the audio of that documentary, like for three weeks. So, I love the Scott Hall one because that is, especially I love all of these ideas. Like HBK is my favorite wrestler of all time. The Rock is like my real life hero. So, right. Uh, but of the three that you pitched, the Scott Hall one stands out. Simply because of the roller coaster and the ups and downs that it would provide, like in in documentaries, it's hard to love the ones that are just kind of like fluff, right? Almost like mm-hmm. fluff pieces. The Scott Hall one would be it would be there'd be some shit, right? There'd be some shit in there, and I think he's underrated in how much how influential he was in professional wrestling. Period, right? Like right. he's he gets kind of buried under the rest of the greats, like. Hogan, you know, was the leader of the NWO, but Hall, if Hall and Nash don't come to WCW, like, that's two of their biggest steals from WWE, WWF at the time, NWO isn't a thing, right? Like, right. When, when you think NWO, you think Scott Hall. Obviously, you think Nash. When, if the click, when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash left, if they don't do the curtain call at Madison Square Garden where huge. they all come out and hug in the cage ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin is Stone Cold Steve Austin isn't a thing, right? He gets the King of the Ring win because Triple H comes out. That was supposed to be Triple H. Yeah, Scott Hall is a key part of that. Like, there's so many things that he has his hand in that are massive. And like, 
he yes he may be a little part in it but it's still like he has a hand in it that has so many like the shock waves of his decisions in wrestling have massive implications that could be interesting to tell going back to the curtain call thing like that footage still to this day is like one of the most revered wrestling footage that anyone can see right it's like all these people coming together that you didn't realize we're best friends or maybe you knew, but they never really put it out there. Um, and he was directly involved in that. Ma- like it, it's, it's, it's just wild. And it man. was like that. A lot of people kind of attribute that to like being the end or marking the end of kayfabe. It was the end of it. kayfabe. Like, it completely killed it. And so it's like, yeah. again, like there's so many little elements of what he did in this, in this business um that just have massive shockwaves and that you could tell some really interesting stories if you got raw details from people it's, you didn't have a heavy hand of a vince mcmahon or eric bischoff or anybody that has an agenda in the story because obviously vince is going to want to say his side or like tell his story from his point of view and not really lean into any kind of the ugliness of things and same with bischoff like bischoff has talked about things on 83 weeks on his podcast um ad nauseum about like the nwo and about scott hall's time but like at the same time he's also trying to save face so i think if you were able to get just a real point of view from these people that were interacting with him and all that kind of stuff you get some really good content i think that's one of the big things that i've been really really happy with when it comes to the last dance you get we're getting michael jordan raw like i was not expecting michael jordan to be this honest and blunt and and open well, they're also, um, they're, they, to be fair, they're liquoring, liquoring him, him the hell true. up. He does have a bottle of scotch in his cigar <laughs> like, at every interview. Like you just see time, the producers like, like pouring that shit in in between takes. But at the same time, like I'm watching this. I'm like, I would have never like, the only thing that I wish would have came out and I know we're shifting gears off of wrestling here, but like, I wish he would have probably opened up a little bit more. Maybe we'll get this next, next episode about his, his retirement. About, I think like, it's about to turn. The, it's about to turn dark. Like his his dad's yeah, like, death has hasn't even been touched yet, unfortunately. You know his unfortunate passing, um, right? And how that re- you know we'll we'll kind of see. There's a lot of rumors about that and why. So like I think it's gonna get dark. A lot of unfortunately, you know, kind of circling back to wrestling documentaries in general, a lot of them end up dark, right? Like a lot of them yeah. end up. There's not a lot of f- fluff pieces out there. Um, like I mean. This is just fresh in my mind. Obviously, a couple of episodes have have passed, but like the Chris Benoit doc, like that's just pure darkness. But that's why it's so compelling, right? Like that's why we all talked about it. So, um, and and man, Scott Hall's been through some shit. He's been to hell and back, um, and through some ugliness, and that would be super, super compelling. That's a great. That's a great, 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 great call. Yeah, and like we said, like we said at the beginning of this conversation, like there's some really great wrestling documentaries. So if you haven't checked out Dark Side of the Ring or Beyond the Mat or or anything else along those lines, like go out of your way to go look at it and, and watch them. They're they're really, really entertaining to watch. Go listen to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, go listen to uh something to wrestle with Ruth Pritchard. Those are also like those documentary style, like as told by kind of really podcasts. Good. So the, yeah. If you're looking for that kind of content, go go search that out. So let's move on to some quick news and notes. Um, AEW, like we said earlier in the show, had a really interesting episode. Um, some really off-the-wall kind of things happened, especially in the main event. But one of the big things to come out of this was John Moxley has a new title challenger, and it's none other than the exalted one, Brody Lee. I'm what do you he- think about this? I'm hella into this. 
Um, and it's Same. mainly it's mainly because, look, man, when when Brody Lee was in WWE, he was he was Luke Harper. He was like they just they put him in this bubble. He was going to be in a tag team. He was going to be the muscle in a faction. And again, I'm a huge faction guy. Will will always be. But like he never really stood out. They kind of always just put him in the background. And even as like the Bludgeon Brothers with, with Rowan, it was just kind of like, all right, these they showed one trick. It was like one thing. Mm-hmm. He's big, and you could see it in the way he wrestled. Like, Yo, this guy can go. And they just never kind of let those reins loose. They're starting to do that with him here in at, in AEW. They're they're giving him the mic more. They're obviously putting him in a really high profile spot. Right, like he's the leader of the Dark Order, and w- look, a few a year ago, a few months ago, no one was taking the Dark Order seriously. We were like, right. these, these clowns again, and now with him at the helm, you're like, all right, I kind of, I kind of dig it. Like he brings legitimacy to that spot, and when you're like, you look at him and Moxley in the ring, you're always wondering, can this dude, you know, can this dude take the title from Mox? Straight up, like surface level, absolutely. This dude's a freaking monster. Will he? Probably not. But I don't think that's the point, right? Yeah, I don't think there's a chance he takes the belt off of Moxley. But I'm with you. Like aesthetically, you look at him like, okay, he can eat. Like realistically, he could beat Mox up in a fight. So you can you 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 buy into that. I think what he's done as a character, as the exalted one, has been great. I like the little like hints at him being a Vince McMahon-esque kind of character. Yeah, where he yeah. does things like, like people know Vince does. Yeah. Um, I like that he's expanding and you're able to see his work as a character kind of actor. Uh, his in-ring work, even as Luke Harper, when he was the IC title holder, like he does really good in-ring work. Like he, for a big man, he can move. He's really he can, good, yeah. He's, he's pretty agile. So I'm really into it. Um, I like the 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 fact that they can throw in the dark order and, and you can have a little bit of, uh, of an interesting uh, aspect there. So I'm into it. I want to see where it goes. Um, they're going to do the match at, at double or nothing. So maybe this is a one-off, but hopefully this can be a longer feud. But that's a, that's a um, huge spot though, to put him in like double or nothing for the title. Double or nothing is basically their WrestleMania, right? So that's, that's a huge spot. It's obviously like we just got our refunds today. Sad face. I mean, that's a, that's yeah, that's but I mean, still for him to be in that spot, that's huge. That that's yep. that's pretty monstrous. And then some other notes: the tag team match between. Okay, we got to talk about this tag team name. It might be the best tag team name of all time. It's Sammy Guevara and and Chris Jericho. They're called Les Sex Gods. That's so good. And again, I had a, a text message from a friend of mine who doesn't watch wrestling very often, and he just like he showed me the name. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, <laughs> it's the greatest tag team name of all time. Um, versus Matt Hardy and kenny omega and that match was just pure bonkers they were going crazy. all over the place yeah uh kenny omega did a moonsault off of a crane hardy and omega chased down sam Guevara in a golf cart like this shit was comical yet it was it was just it was entertainment this yeah was, yeah this was going against um cole dream and i saw more people online talking about this match than cole versus dream um, they just knew how to like lean into it, and anything Jericho touches right now is just gold. He's on another level when it comes to things. Um, they continue to build towards Cody versus Lance Archer, which is going to be for the TNT title, which is their television title. Um, they went up a notch, and Jake the Snake put a snake on Brandy Rhodes. 
I like how he came after... out like he was shopping at Trader Joe's though. Had the full oh, mask. Oh yeah, the mask. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it I'm though. I'm pretty sure I pretty I'm pretty sure our friend Nick Yokoyama would have enjoyed seeing Jake the Snake put a snake on Brandy Rhodes. We have some stories about it, but we're not going <laughs> to dive into it. Let's move on before we <laughs> lose a friendship. And, and then they announced a couple matches for Double or Nothing. Um, the Casino Ladder match, which will be basically Money in the Bank for AEW. The winner gets a title shot for the AEW Championship. Uh, I don't think they've announced any participants, but I like the, right. the wrinkle. They were leaning into the Battle Royale. So I like the fact that they changed it up to a ladder match doing uh, basically money in the bank. And then we have uh, um, the biggest asshole on the planet, MJF, facing Jungle Boy, which I'm always into. I'm just happy MJF is healthy, it looks like. He had kind of tweeted out some, I guess, like cryptic tweets that he there might be some medical stuff going on with him. It was pretty unclear. Um, so I'm glad that he's, he's getting back in the ring and maybe – Everything's getting back to normal, and uh, you know him, him. Him just being a flat out asshole, which on this show we a thousand. We, yeah, we applaud. We applaud him being an asshole. Yep. Um, and then they they announced the the final entrant in the Money in the Bank match, which is none other than AJ Styles, who is the betting favorite. Uh, which you told me according earlier. To, according to uh, BetOnline.ag, he is the betting favorite heading into this weekend. Wow, that's. Which, by the way, like AJ with a briefcase kind of makes sense. I like it. We talked about this a lot last year where it was like, who, when you have the briefcase, does it make sense with your character? Right? Like Braun never made sense with the briefcase. I I hated that the whole time he had it. Right? Because he's he's, he's supposed to be a monster, but he needs this rule. It just never made sense. AJ, obviously minus, minus the good brothers, you know, pour one out for them. Um, AJ is a heel anyway with a briefcase. It makes a lot of sense. I would still love to see because, as much as I would love to see Alistair Black with it, um, like him again, it just always usually is better in the hands of like a heel, right? Like yeah. D- Dean Ambrose is probably the one exception to that rule because and he held it for all of like two hours, like two hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, it'll be interesting, and it makes sense why he's the betting favorite. I'm, I'm actually. It'll be interesting to see what what character development he goes through, if and when he wins the Money in the Bank. Which, by the way, they're running the men's and women's Money in the Bank match concurrently. We'll 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 do a full. Yeah, we're going to talk about this more. We're we're, we're gonna doing have a full primer. We're doing a full Friday. preview later, and we'll explain that a little bit. But bonkers, just bonkers. yeah. This is. I mean this this card is going to be unlike anything we've by the way, seen before. R- real quick, before we move on to the final thing here we're we're gonna make t-shirts that's just that's just like in that's just part of what we're gonna do i think one of the things we have to put on is it's bonkers that's just like i think you started <laughs> saying it and then i i took it from you so like i've been saying it i think this just got to be one of our things one of our shirts yeah just gonna say it's bonkers and then two jabronis for the rest of the podcast just somewhere all right last thing we talk about before we we jump off for the night uh like ben said we'll be back on friday to do a full primer for for money in the bank so you guys will get your fix we're moving there. to two shows uh, this is the first yeah. week moving to two shows a week very excited about it Sorry, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that more uh, uh before we sign off but we have some really cool ideas in the works for our friday show so uh last thing is the revival talked about their exit from the wwe on the chris jericho podcast if you haven't listened feel free to jump over to his podcast and listen he has some great interviews 
Um, they have changed their name to the Revolt, which I don't like. Um, and they have said that they they have some offers on the table, obviously from AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact Wrestling. They 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 noted that they like a lot of the opportunities in all of those companies, um, and and they're in no rush to make a decision. They are being courted by a lot of top individual or a lot a lot of top companies, and I think this is a change of pace from them because they came from a company where they weren't on TV very often or they were getting buried. So now they're being courted. So I do not fault them for not rushing to a decision. My question to you is, where should they sign? I think the obvious decision for me is AEW. It's AEW. Where do you think they should? I, I mean, I think it should be AEW. Like the tag division in AEW, they take that shit seriously. And I think that's right. where the revolt. So I got to get a little bit used to that. By the side note, their their new t-shirt they released on Pro Wrestling Tees is pretty hilarious. It's the um Is it the, the one where they used all the gimmicks that they it's weren't It's the using concept sketch. Or? It's apparently the concept sketch that Vince drew out for them like they were going to be a, a comedic duo. Um it, they look like a bunch of clowns. So that they yeah, put yeah. that on and then it's like fear it's FTR or fear the revival, fear the revolt or whatever. Um yeah, but it's great that they can still use that hashtag because that hashtag has its own It, it lives. To it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But AEW just makes way too much sense. I'm assuming I don't I, I don't know Money wise, I'm assuming AEW could offer them the most um, while giving them still a pretty wide net platform to be performing on. Right. Like they could go to Ring of Honor. um, They could go to New Japan. Would they get the same amount of exposure as AEW? No. So I I think AEW is the spot where it makes the most sense. And like the tag division, as good as it is, could use a little bit of a jolt. Or a revolt, if you will. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like them in AEW. I think that's the obvious one because then you get the Young Bucks, Young Bucks match, which we've all oh been my kind God. of salivating Incredible. over for years. But I don't mind them in New Japan. I think you have them with the Gorillas of Destiny. You have them with Finn Juice. Like you have an opportunity to put them in some quality matches, and then eventually, if things change down the line, where AEW and and New Japan are opening up their 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 doors to partnership then you can start really really expanding it um but for now like i would not be mad with them going to AEW. I actually wouldn't be mad with them going to impact impact has been pretty damn good. impact's been good impact's been good but um, from a practicality standpoint i think i feel like they have to stay in the u.s just from like a travel perspective right like yeah going to japan the only place i around the place now. that i absolutely don't see them going to for one i don't think they have the money to do it and I just don't think they're outside of the Briscoes. I don't see there's a whole bunch of options is ring of honor. Right. Um, yeah. As much as like ring of honor is like, has the name brand that like people are kind of recognize their stock has dropped off significantly. I'm still shocked yeah. that Marty scroll is still there. Obviously he had a deal where he's now a booker, but like, I, I just think it's, it's, it's AEW or new Japan for me. And then like impact can kind of be that like shock surprise that would be the surprise um, the three yeah so we'll see how that goes in the coming weeks so before we sign off we just wanted to again reiterate that we are starting to do two shows a week this friday we will do the money in the bank primer we will do post smackdown shows we may do snacker episodes we're even discussing doing uh watch alongs we may turn on an episode of, uh, smackdown and watch live with you guys so Lot, and, and then we may do like a jump back and watch a couple old WrestleManias or Money in the Bank, whatever, old pay-per-views. Um, some ideas are kind of flowing out. But Fridays, we will be uh, doing a new show, 
dropping Saturday morning. So prepared to be prepared for that in your feet on Saturday morning. Absolutely. Maybe even Friday night, depending on how uh, how quick we can we can get these up. Also, just a little teaser. Next week, we're going to have our Blue Wire re- wrestling brother on the show, Chris Van Vliet, who has just been, might I say, absolutely on fire. If you're not if you're not subscribed to him along with our podcast, what the hell are you doing? But also check out his YouTube channel. They run concurrently with each other. He's, uh, I'm going to ask him this next week, but like the amount of people he's gotten on, like pandemic or not, has been incredible. Pretty damn good. And yeah. uh, he has the secret sauce, which <laughs> I, 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 you know, been been trying to figure out, but he's, uh, he's, he's a freaking legend. So he'll be on the show next week. And uh, he he actually just he dropped an episode today to plug his podcast a little bit with with Zach Ryder or should I say Matt Cardona, um, as he's known now. You know, on his departure from WWE, it's fantastic. It's about an hour long. Give that a listen. Listen to it this morning. It was it was phenomenal. You know, uh, Matt really got into the weeds there. So really good. Uh, CVV will be on with us next week. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll be back here on the airwaves, uh, your podcast feeds, I should say, um, this Friday. We'll be recording after SmackDown, after, you know, whatever happens on, on Friday night. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. Please leave a review because we like reading them. Um, and then follow us on social too. You can follow us at two jabronis pod on Instagram and on Twitter. You follow us on two jabronis podcast on YouTube. Make sure you like, and subscribe there. Um, follow us at two. Yeah. Do the, the, doing the weird point. finger point thing. Weird, yeah. yeah. Uh, follow us at two jabronis pod in the BR app. You can follow Ben at cruise control. That's control with a K and you can follow me at Jeremy a loss. All right, everyone. Thanks for, uh, for hopping on again. I dude. We were talking about this off air. We're doing this 30 mile challenge right now and where we run a mile every day. It sucks. It's awful. But we were talking about how if you take a day off, you feel refreshed the next day. Yeah. That week off that we took, I just felt like I felt I like felt we needed super it. I yeah. felt super refreshed just doing the show. Um, not that I don't love doing the show because obviously we went like damn near a year straight with doing it. But that week off, just it, it reinvigorated something in us i think that's gonna uh take help take us to the next level so appreciate y'all great ideas we have great guests coming on we are yeah working on getting um jonathan snowden on the show who wrote just a phenomenal book about shamrock Shamrock. yeah yeah Yeah. so we're we're working our way through that book and we'll have him on the show soon so we're we're, we got some really cool things in the works absolutely all right everyone don't be a jabroni keep washing your hands keep staying home and uh, we will see you next week. All right, everyone. We'll see you on Friday. Peace. Friday. Yes, sir.